Well, over these past few weeks, we've been looking at the incarnation. That's what we've been talking about, the incarnation. That word incarnation is not a word that you're going to find in the Bible. Uh, it's actually a Latin word that means to put on flesh, to, to bear flesh, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the word. He is the word become flesh. Uh, Jesus put on flesh for you and for me. And as we've seen in several passages, uh, the reason Jesus came to us in this world, the reason the incarnation happened, the reason the Word became flesh was to save us from our sins. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came to do what no one else could do. He came to save us from our sin. And as we've already said over these past few weeks, Christmas is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And as I've already said this morning, and as I'm going to continue to say this morning, Jesus is our hope. He is the hope of the world. And so I want you to see that. As a matter of fact, I didn't put these on the screens, but you know these passages very well. I love what God tells us through the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Paul speaks of this same hope in the book of Romans in the New Testament. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with this hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. The hope that Jeremiah was talking about is the same hope that Paul is talking about. You see, hope has a name. is no hope apart from Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, I love the Christmas holiday. You know that about me. I love the trees. As a matter of fact, this morning before you got here, I walked up here and got close to these trees, and I realized just how beautiful they are. I I drove up, and I saw that giant tree out there, uh, right there in front of our worship center. I love the trees. I love the lights. I've already said that this morning, that I love the food. I ate a lot of food yesterday, but you know what? I ate a lot of food the day before, too. You know what's going to happen when we leave here? I'm going to go eat a lot of food again. It's the holiday season. I love the holidays, but let me just tell you something. The holiday of Christmas, it comes and goes, but the hope of Christmas remains. It'll never go. One thing that Marty makes me do, and I say she makes me do, because if she didn't make me do it, I would probably not. She makes me pull those lights down and put them up before January 1st. She, she makes me take that tree down. She makes me put up all those Christmas decorations, put them in the box and put them away. And if she didn't make me do that, I probably wouldn't put them up for quite a while. I would want to get my enjoyment out of them as long as I can. But, but you see, the holiday of Christmas, it, it has its place. It comes and it goes. But don't miss this. The hope is always available. The hope is always there. The hope never ends because the hope is Jesus Christ. And what we're going to see in the Christmas story this morning, Luke chapter 2, is that Jesus is not just my hope. Jesus is the hope of all the world. He is the hope for the world. Everyone. 
I want you to see that this morning. Luke chapter 2, go there with me. Luke chapter 2. How did the hope of God that Paul talks about in Romans 15, how did the hope of God, the hope that is Jesus Christ, come to us? Well, Luke tells us in his account, in his gospel, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. I want you to see this Christmas story. I want you to see how hope came to us. First and foremost, hope came to the world in a lowly place. Think about this for a moment. The hope for you and me, the hope for all the world, the hope for all the ages came to the world in a lowly place. Bethlehem was a small place. We read that in the prophet Micah's words. He said, oh Bethlehem, you little town, you small town, though you may be the least, tonight you will be the greatest. And so Bethlehem was a small place. It was a lowly town compared to all of the larger towns, the more prestigious towns in the Roman-ruled world. Okay, So it was a lowly place. Hope came to us in a low place. Not only that, hope came to us, hope came to the world in a humble way. A very humble way. All the homes, all the inns, they were full. Why were they full? Because everyone was coming to register. The census wasn't just for Joseph and Mary. It was for everyone in the Roman-ruled world. Yet hope, right? Hope came to us not just in a lowly place, but in a humble way. Hope came to us in a manger. Think for that just a moment. In a manger, the most humble places. In a place where animals slept. In a place where animals fed. That's where our hope came to us. It came to us in a lowly place, in a humble way. And hope put on flesh. Hope came to us in the form of a baby. But let me just tell you something about hope. Hope didn't just begin in that lowly place or in that humble place. Hope has always existed. Listen, Jesus, you remember me telling you this at the very beginning. Jesus has always been. Jesus has always existed. He transcends time. Jesus has always been, and so hope has always been. But hope came to the world in a lowly place and in a humble way through the incarnation. That's how hope came to us. Luke goes on, and listen to what he says, beginning in verse 8. He says, and there were shepherds, talking about lowly places and talking about humble people, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, 
and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do you see that? Good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Listen, this news wasn't just for the shepherds. It was for anyone and everyone who would hear it. The angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So hope came to us. Hope came to us in a lowly place, Bethlehem. Hope came to us in a humble way. He came to us as a baby found lying in a manger. But I, wanna, I want you to see what hope does. So we know what hope, how hope came to us, but what does hope do for us? What does hope do not just for us, to us, Well, I see it right here. Hope replaces fear with joy. Do you see that? Hope replaces fear with joy. The shepherds were just out doing what they did. They were taking care of their sheep. They were taking care of their flocks. Listen, we know that it was dark. We know that it was nighttime. Uh, It was probably cold at this time of the year. And when the angel appeared, the shepherds who were protectors, right? Think about what they do. They protect. So these protectors, they were filled with what? Fear. Because they didn't understand. They didn't know what was happening. But what did the angel do? The angel said to them right off the bat, don't be afraid. Don't don't cave into your fear. Don't let your fear cripple you. What was the angel doing? The angel was pointing them to hope. He was leading them to the hope that they had been looking for. The hope that they had heard about all their lives. The angel was saying, hope has arrived. Hope is here for you. And so the angels were pointing them to hope, pointing them to Jesus. And the Bible says that their fear was quickly replaced with joy. That's what hope does. Listen to me. During the Christmas season, during the Christmas holiday, if you put your focus on anyone or anything other than Jesus, that is a false hope. The gifts that you received and opened, you know what? At some point, they're going to be faulty and they're going to (laughs) break. 
Maybe you opened up a gift and it didn't work. And you're frustrated because you're going to have to take that gift back and try to get another one. Listen to me. Anything or anyone that you put your focus on that you think will give you hope of a new day, a new future, a new life, if it's not Jesus, it is false hope. It is not real. Only Jesus, only the hope of Jesus Christ can replace your fears with joy. And I love this about hope. Hope is something that we celebrate. Hope is something we celebrate. Hope is something that we share. Look at what the shepherds did. It says the shepherds hurried to Bethlehem. So they embraced the message that the angel had for them. Okay, hope is here. Hope has arrived. We're no longer fearful. We're joyful. We're filled with joy. And so let's go to this place where hope has arrived. So the Bible says they hurried to Bethlehem to see the hope that was promised to them, to see hope with their own eyes, to to touch hope with their hands. The hope that put on flesh, the hope that is Jesus Christ. I love what Dr. David Jeremiah says in his commentary. Listen to what he says. He says in his commentary that this was the world's first evangelistic worship service. Think about that for just a moment. The world's first evangelistic worship service. Think about this. God chose the lowliest place, Bethlehem, for his son to be born. He, he, he chose the lowliest way for his son to be born, not in a home, not in an inn where all accommodations are ready and prepared. No, he, he, he chose the manger. He, he chose the most humble way to be born. And then he first shared the news with who? He didn't go share it with the kings of the land. He didn't go share it to the priests in the temple. Who did he share the message with? He shared it with the shepherds. Those who were lowly in stature. Lowly in position. Those who society considered unclean and unworthy. Those who were not allowed to worship in the temple. Did you know that? That shepherds were not allowed to go into the temple and worship because of the filth, right? The dirt, the, the, the uncleanliness that they represented. They were not allowed to go worship in the temple. So what did God do? God sent his angel to them out in the field. Your hope has come. Your hope is here. He is lying in a manger wrapped in a cloth waiting for you. Oh, I love this story. But I'm going to tell you something. What we find out in this passage is that the hope God gave us, Jesus. Jesus isn't the hope of a select few. Jesus isn't just the hope uh, for the clean or the prestigious. Jesus is the hope of all the world. We, we see that very clearly in Luke chapter 2. He came for all of mankind, for all of the world to save us of our sins. Jesus came to us to save us. He came to give us life full and eternal. He gives us hope. Hope that can and will replace fear with joy. Hope that leads us to peace. Isn't that what God said through the angels? 
He said it to Mary. He said it to Joseph. He said it to Elizabeth. He said it to Zechariah. He said it to these shepherds. He said it to everyone. Hope will replace your fear with joy. He said it, in other words, hope will bring you peace, right? The peace of God. In other words, you can finally be right with me because hope is here. And I'm going to tell you, that's the kind of hope that we celebrate. That's the kind of hope that we should share. Isn't that what Paul said? May the God of hope fill you. Why, why would he fill you? So that you can overflow with what? That hope. So God gives you hope. He gives you Jesus so that you will overflow with that hope. Overflow with Jesus so that others may experience. Think about these shepherds. Isn't that what they did? That's what we just read. They hurried to Bethlehem. They put their eyes on Jesus. They put their eyes on the hope that was promised them. That their, their fear was replaced with joy and they celebrated, they worshipped, as Dr. Jeremiah said, their first evangelistic worship service. But did they stay there? No, the Bible says they left. They left and they told everybody what they had seen and what they had heard. They shared hope with others and others were amazed, right? They were amazed at what the shepherds told them. So I, I want to take that this morning before we leave, and I, I want to I ask you a question. It's the most important question that I can ask you right now as we close out the holiday of Christmas, but focus on the hope of Christmas. Have you, have you embraced this hope in your own heart? the way the shepherds did. I, I look at this story and I wish, I wish there was more written because the Bible says that the shepherds truly embraced the hope, right? They embraced it. How do I know they embraced it? Because here's the thing. You can't, you can't share something that you don't have. Do you hear me? You can't share something you don't have. For example, if I was to ask one of you to come up on the stage with me, and I said, you know what, I want to give you all the money I have on me. You would stand up here and look at me, and we would just look at each other for a little while, and I would show you that my pockets are empty. As a matter of fact, I don't even have a peppermint. I can't share something with you that I don't have. So I want you to see this. The shepherds, they embraced hope. They received the hope. They didn't just see it with their eyes. They didn't just touch hope with their hands. What they did was they embraced hope in their hearts. And when they left that place, that's why they told the story. They shared something that they had. They had hope, and they began to tell others about that hope. But what I, what I wish we could see in Scripture is not just that people were amazed by it. I wish we could see that people embraced it themselves. You see, in this passage, all we see is that they were amazed by it. But I'm going to tell you something. Being amazed by hope ain't the same as receiving hope. You can be wowed by something, but not, it not be yours. So my question is, have you embraced the hope who is Jesus Christ in your own heart? And if you have embraced Jesus Christ, hope in your own heart, are you celebrating Him? Have you celebrated Him this whole season long? Will you continue to celebrate Him? And more importantly, will you share Him? Right? Will you share the hope that we see in the Christmas story on December 26th? Will you share that hope on January 1st? 
Will you keep on sharing and celebrating that hope in June and July and August? The only way you can share hope is if you've embraced hope. And so today, that's what I want you to see. The hope of the world. Jesus Christ. He came for you. He came for me. So that we might be right with God. So that our fears might be replaced with joy. So instead of walking in turmoil, we could walk in peace. So that we could be right with God. There is no other hope. There is no other hope. Only Jesus. And so, when you come back to this place, Lord willing, when you come back to this place, these trees are going to be gone. The wreaths are going to be gone. The three wise men, the manger scene that sits right here, it'll be gone. That big tree might be gone. If I can get some guys to come help us, right, Jeremy? At some point this week, you're probably going to do what everybody else does. You're going to box up those decorations and put them in the closet. All that stuff's going to be gone. But Jesus remains. And so the hope that we see in the Christmas story is the hope that continues because it's the hope that always has been, it is, and it always will be. And if you truly celebrated Christmas, then what you celebrated was you celebrated hope. Continue to celebrate that hope. And go out and share that hope. Because I'm going to tell you, our world is dying. It is broken. It is lost. It is dark. And as we learned in our candlelight service Wednesday night, Jesus, His words in Matthew, He says, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Shine your light so that others may see the light and may walk in the light as you walk in the light so that God may be praised and glorified and worshipped. I pray today that you've embraced hope. If you haven't embraced hope, guess what? You can. You can embrace hope right now, right where you are. All you have to do is cry out to God. The Bible says when we cry out to God... In humility, when we cry out to God and we repent of our sin. Repent doesn't just mean, I'm sorry, God. Repent means, God, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I don't want this sin anymore. I don't want to live this life anymore. So, God, I turn from this life. I turn from the sin and I turn to you because you have given me hope. You have given me Jesus. And I believe that Jesus lived for me, died for me, and rose from the grave to defeat sin and death for me so that I might be right with you and might have life right here, right now, full and life eternal. The Bible says when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. That's hope. And so if you want that hope, you can pray that prayer right here, right now, and you can receive that hope. And I'm going to tell you something. When you receive that hope, you will celebrate. And you will celebrate with brothers and sisters who will celebrate with you. And you'll walk out of these doors. You'll walk out of this place. And you'll be sharing that hope with anybody and everybody you can. That's what hope does. It replaces fear with joy. And it helps you to walk on a path of peace rather than a path of turmoil.